0: Jim you're listening to Viewpoint with me today, Jennifer Wilson.
1: Good day, Jim. JJ,
0: good day. That sounds a little Australian. Like, are you getting well, ready to travel this summer?
1: Yes, we're going to go, well, to Arkansas.
0: <laughs> uh, Arkansas with a British accent. You know, Maybe we just- I
1: should change the way that I'm
0: you <laughs> so know what, JJ, you always have the gift of kind of accents and uh, assuming I, different personas. I'm so personas. glad
1: you call it a gift. I used to get in trouble for it. Now people well, pay me to do it. Come on, let's, uh,
0: <laughs> let's, let's think about Great Britain. Yes. Are you ready to travel to London?
1: I would love to travel to London, you know, but in, instead I have to fix myself before a tube to watch... The city that has the tube. Ah, with your mobile in hand. With my mobile in hand.
0: Ah, but if you were to go to Paris, you could do that too.
1: I know, that would be so wonderful. What would I do if I was in Paris? Ah, Mm. don't
0: even get me going about China because (laughs) you don't want to hear my Chinese (laughs) accent. But, you know, the world is a vast place. There's so much to explore. And even language carries so much culture and the way in which we accent and the word choices and so on. There's so much in the world to explore, and yet many of us are afraid to leave our comfort zones, to move beyond the familiar. But we here at Viewpoint are all about helping you stretch. Yes. And this summer, we're in a series called Pack Your Bags. It's drawn from the Old Testament book of Exodus, which is all about a whole people that God calls to move, to pack their bags and go from point A to point B, and not just from A to B, but to leave behind a world of bondage and to find a land of promise and freedom. Stay with us. JJ, in the story of Exodus, we have the people of God in the Old Testament age, the Hebrews. They have found a home in Egypt. They've been there for 400 years, a very long time. And when they first came to Egypt, they were welcomed. Joseph, Mm -hmm. who was favored by the Pharaoh, the king of Egypt in those early days, uh, welcomed Joseph's family, who were the Hebrews. And over those many generations, the Hebrews prospered in the land of Goshen, which was a very fertile area, and they grew and grew and grew to the point where the Egyptians felt threatened. Right. New kings came to the throne that didn't remember Joseph. Incrementally, over time, the Hebrews became oppressed, a kind of ostracized immigrant population that was resented and feared. And in time, the pharaoh even assigned slave drivers to force the Hebrews into slave labor. And after many, many years, the Hebrews became absolutely enslaved. They were in bondage. They were whipped. They were beaten. They were cruelly treated. Their hearts cried out to God. And it strikes me in the story of the Exodus that all of us will stay in the same place we are until we realize that we just can't go on as we are, Mm. until we become so dissatisfied, so heavy-laden, so burdened down, or so frustrated by our circumstances that we decide, you know, something's got to change here. And until we get to that point, and that can be circumstantially in this material world, but more importantly, it refers to, I think, our spiritual nature, till we get to the point where we realize that sin Mm. has enslaved us, and that we are in an endless cycle of repeating failure, of making choices that don't give us good outcomes over the long haul, making choices that may seem in the moment to bring pleasure or relief, in the end only cause harm and woundedness. It's not until we get there that we can really be delivered by God. And the Hebrews represent that for us. I think that the Book of Exodus is real history. It also speaks real truth to all of us, no matter where we are. They came to the point where they just cried out to God, and God heard their prayer. And there's a wonderful passage mm. in the early parts of it, JJ, You know where God says, I remembered my promise. Yes, He had promised them a better land, mm-hmm. and now they're ready to receive it. He intervenes. He sends a guy named Moses to them, and most people understand the story of Moses leading the Hebrews out of Egypt into freedom. As they are getting ready to go... They are going to take some things with them, though. And today, as we think about the story of the Exodus and how we might all pack our own bags, let's look at a passage that helps remind us that we all are coming from somewhere. We need to remember our legacy, even as we're going forward into something great and good. Exodus chapter 13, verse 19. Do you have that verse? I do. What does it say?
1: Moses took the bones of Joseph with him, For Joseph had made the sons of Israel swear that they would take his bones with them when God led them out of Egypt, as he was sure God would.
0: It's kind of an odd thing to pack, isn't it?
1: (laughs) Um, I've got to get my socks. I've got to get my shoes. I've got to get my sunglasses and Joseph's bones.
0: And Joseph's bones. Okay. (laughs) Remember, Joseph is their forefather. He is the one who invited them to Egypt in the first place so many centuries ago. Now the whole people group is uprooting. They're going to run away from Egypt. They're going to God's promised land, and they're going to take the bones, the physical remains of Joseph who had been buried in Egypt. And why? Because Joseph said, when you leave this country, you take my bones with you.
1: Emphasis on when.
0: When. Not Mm -hmm. if, but when. Mm -hmm. Now, this verse you just read out of Exodus is matched with a verse in the New Testament that kind of helps also give us a rationale for why this is so important. This is Hebrews chapter 11, verse 22. It was by faith that Joseph, when he was about to die, said confidently that the people of Israel would leave Egypt. He even commanded them to take his bones with them when they left. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
1: and my version says he was so sure of it that he commanded them to carry his bones. <laughs> he
0: he was absolutely certain mm-hmm. that God had a promise for his people, the Hebrews, and that they would have a new land that they could call their own. Joseph absolutely believed this. And even though he didn't live to see it, he said on his deathbed, all right, I'm not living to see it, but I know it's going to happen because I trust the promise of God. And so you be sure to take my remains with you because I don't want any piece of me left here behind. I want to be with you in the party, so to speak.
1: And isn't that so funny that the writer of the Hebrews, that's that's the piece that they pick out of everything out of Joseph's life that we know that that has happened this is the evidence of his real faith.
0: It's extraordinary, mm. J.J., really, because this Hebrews chapter 11 is famous as a catalog of great men and women of faith over time. And and their exploits, their achievements, their virtues are all polished off in this list. It talks about Abraham and Noah and the prophets and so on. And here we have Joseph. And if you know this Joseph, he was quite a remarkable guy, he had a very eventful life, The Scripture tells us he was exceedingly handsome, Mm -hmm. and the consequence of that was he faced a lot of temptations that geeky, nerdy guys like me probably don't have to (laughs) wrestle with. And you know, his employer, a woman, once throws herself on him, and he just says, no way, I'm not violating your marriage vow and the promise you made to your husband or the promises I've made to my God. That's just not the way I roll. I mean, we could identify in Joseph's life this is a sterling characteristic, the way in which he exemplifies a man who manages himself with... purity and grace and strength. But no, that's not what's mentioned. Mm -hmm. He actually rises to a position of prominence and is a great organizer and a visionary. He essentially helps store food up so the world is saved from a devastating famine. I mean, think about the lives he saved because of his managerial ability and his vision to understand the season and the times. And yet, that's not what's elevated here. As you've just observed, of all the things in his life that the author of the Hebrews, inspired by the Holy Spirit, pulls out. If we can just name one thing about Mm. Joseph, what is it? It's this, when he was going to die, take my bones with you when you leave. And why that? Because it was about his faith. Everything else in his life was defined by his faith in the promise of God. And the promise was, Joseph, you and your people, the promise is made to you as it was made to your forefathers and to your descendants. I have a piece of land for you with your name on it and I will deliver it into your hand. That was the promise that Joseph understood. And so everything else was in the shadows compared to his commitment to that promise. And that's why in the New Testament, Joseph is named as one of the greats because of his faith. He had the confident assurance of something that Hmm. was not yet seen.
2: There's a name that
0: can silence
2: every fear. There's a love that embraces The heartache, the pain and the tears Through my faith and my doubting I know one thing for sure His word is unfailing His promise secure do the know start not being Everything will be alright whole world's in his hands Your whole world's in his hands Darkness and the trials, he's faithful and he is true. The whole world's in his hands. You told us time, yeah. Oh, 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 everything will be alright.
3: Oh, oh, oh. Mm, yeah. Uh, Father, you say everything is gonna be alright. But my circumstances say I won't last through the night I need your word to hold me now I need you to pull me through I need a miracle, a breakthrough I need you They say you hold the whole universe in your hand But my world's falling apart like it is made of sand Am I small enough to slip through the cracks? Can you take my broken pieces and put them back? Give me faith, do you believe you are on my side? Open my eyes and see you working in my life Let the past remind me you'd never And tell my soul it is well, oh, y todo va a estar bien, everything will be alright. The whole world's in his hands, your whole world's in his hands, in the darkness, in the trials, he's faithful and he's true, your whole world's in his hands, y todo va a estar bien. Sé que voy a salir de esta odisea, sé que voy a ganar esta pelea, sé que va a cesar esta marea temporaria, que en ti yo viviré una vida extraordinaria, y aunque no puedo entender, me consuela saber que, todo,
2: yo sé que, todo va a estar bien, todo va a estar bien, everything will be alright, the
3: whole world's in his hands, your whole world the trials, he's faithful and he's true, your whole world's in his hands, it's all I'll start again, oh. the whole world in his hands, he's got the whole world in his hands, he's got the whole wide world in his hands,
2: todo el mundo en su mano está, todo el mundo en su mano está,
0: All of us are traveling somewhere. I want to travel like Joseph. Hmm. I want to travel with the same kind of lens and understanding that empowered him to overcome many adverse moments and also to achieve great success. But whether he was on a mountaintop or in a valley, Joseph traveled well. Hmm. And it was his faith that defined him. It was the faith that was the suitcase in which he carried everything else. And let's think a bit about how that faith actually changed his life or or defined his life. It seems to me that his faith empowered him to overcome some tall mountains, some difficult obstacles. And I'm not just talking about being falsely accused of rape, for instance, which was part of his narrative, but the way in which he resisted temptations that come from his successes. Sometimes that's the greatest temptation of all. And he succeeded fabulously. This man became second unto Pharaoh in Egypt. Hmm. He was the right hand of the king, who was the most powerful person on the planet in his age, and yet he never was overwhelmed by his riches. His personality, his, his sense of being were not defined by the things he owned or the power he wielded. And that's because he knew there was a greater plan of God that was transcendent beyond what he could do, beyond what he knew, beyond his power. That sense of God's overriding promise helps all of us manage what we have in our circumstances or our possessions today with humility and deference, no matter what kind of success we've achieved. How about death?
1: Well, right. I mean, his faith, even when he's on his deathbed, he's not saying, oh, I wish I could have done this, and I don't know what's going to happen next. He says, okay, when you leave, take my bones with you. <laughs> he, <laughs> he, he, was, he was focused on something even beyond his own life.
0: Which helped him face his own death, I think, with confidence. He he spoke confidently on his deathbed. How many people actually speak confidently when they face the abyss of death and the unknown?
1: I, I want to.
0: I want to. <laughs> and we're all going to get there someday. And Joseph had this faith in the promise of God. God has a better place. He has a new day, a new chapter. There are great and wonderful things up ahead. I know that's true for myself. And I know that's true for the people that I love that I'm leaving behind. And folks, that kind of faith is the only thing that will see you through that journey well.
1: Mm-hmm. He refused to define his life by everything that he knew and he had experienced. He he knew that was a part of it, but there was so much more.
0: So much more, and more to experience and to travel for. Mm-hmm. His sense in the promise of God for the future I think, helped him overcome the impossible in the present. So things that other people may have blanched at, he would tackle. So the prospect of a famine in Egypt that would sweep across the whole Oh, populated no. what world. We do? What do we, we, we do? It's over. impossible. Or not everyone will survive. We're just not going to be able to make it so everyone can work. All right, work.
1: people, we've got seven years to store up this much food. Let's, let's build some big barns here and let's bring our stuff in.
0: Yeah. Let's be calm. <laughs> there is a way. Because there's a God who is providential, who is greater than any of these things that we face in this broken world. And I think that empowered Joseph to not only save the world from a famine, but earlier in his life it empowered him to overcome false charges and imprisonment and all kinds Mm -hmm. of things that would crush lesser souls. But it was his faith in the promise of God. God is working things together for the good. He understood that, and it lived in his heart. And it also caused him to understand that even though it would seem unlikely in his own lifetime that the Hebrews would want to go to another country because they were favored at the time they were there in mm. his lifetime or that there was another country that could be better than what they had he knew that God said there was and therefore there is and he understood he was traveling on a journey towards that ultimate destination you know there's some other ways in which i think his faith uh, kind of framed him and one is that he understood that God had a unique call in his life and on his people's life. And so even though he was in Egypt and he was favored by the Egyptians and he served his king very well, and so far as we know, there was no prejudice in his heart against Egyptians or other people groups or anything, he understood who he was. Mm. He was a part of the chosen people of God, the Hebrews, through whom the world would be blessed. And consequently, he refused to become an Egyptian I'll work alongside, I will bless, I will encourage, I will call and speak life into them, but I am not an Egyptian. His faith made that possible because without his faith, with this future destiny and promise, it would have been so much more sensible simply to put on some Egyptian clothes and learn the language and and be assimilated into Egyptian culture, worship their gods, do Mm. their trip. Mm. But he would never do that because of his faith.
1: Yeah, he stayed faithful to his family. You know, when they when they came back to receive the help and the food. Well, at first they didn't recognize him, but he identified himself with them and was able to go to the pharaoh and say, "Hey, these are my people. I want to help them." And Pharaoh said, "Bring them on over."
0: Exactly. He never forgot where he came from mm-hmm. or where he was going. Yeah. And his focus on his final destination or the final destination of God for his family, his people. Helped him stay steady through all of the ups and downs of this mm-hmm. life. He was patient. I mean, I think he had a, <laughs> a rock-solid <laughs> conviction that this promise was going to be fulfilled, but it's not happening on my timetable. How
1: long am I going to be in this pit? <laughs> oh, here comes the the, the wandering traveler, salespeople. Oh, how long am I going to be in this prison? Okay, here comes the guy with the dream. You know, he didn't know. He didn't know how long he was going to be in this.
0: Will place. I ever be reconciled to my family? Yes. Even as I believe in the promise that God is going to move us as a people to Mm -hmm. a promised land. And yet he was patient. He Mm -hmm. did not waste any time wringing his hands about why things weren't working on his timetable, why the economy of God wasn't sped up. He simply performed to the maximum capacity to do good in every day of his life. And I think that patience, just trusting, somehow, some way, God is going to work all this together and make it come out right at the end. That means I can be content working where I am now.
1: So much so that he says, how long will my bones be here in Egypt before they get carried back over to the promised land? <laughs> and yet he knew they would be. Yep.
0: This consequently, of course, encouraged others in their faith walk because he modeled these virtues for others, helping them understand who they were and the work of God in their lives and the promise of God for a good outcome and so on, and it allowed him to be gracious and forgiving, mm-hmm. you know, because when I can trust God to, to work it out, that allows me to let go of my need to cast judgment or to condemn anybody or to exact justice to satisfy my own craving for some kind of retribution, I can let that go so much more easily when I think, you know, God is at work here. A
1: beautiful moment with his brothers when they're fearing him after their father has died and says, Oh, Joseph's going to get us now because we were so mean to him. And he says... No, don't you see? God was doing this greater work, and he modeled for them this idea of God's unfolding plan and promise is always to bring healing and restoration and and fulfillment to what he's promised.
0: And that, of course, allowed Joseph to bear a lot of good fruit in his life, and that faith in the promise of God allowed him to be focused on others. I mean, if you look at his life, he's always helping somebody. Mm -hmm. Even though he has been sold into slavery, he is helping Potiphar, the man who purchased him. Mm -hmm. And he's helping Potiphar's cause advance. When he's in the prison, he's helping the other prisoners make sense of their own tangled lives and giving them a way forward. When he's thrown into the royal house of Egypt, he helps the pharaoh Mm -hmm. uh, and helps the pharaoh succeed. When he sees people in need, he helps develop a plan where they can find food. And when his own brothers, who wronged him so desperately at the start of his story, show up desperately in need, he forgives them and helps them too. And on his deathbed... As he is dying, and again, this is a dramatic moment for anyone when when you understand that your, your very basic being is being evacuated out of the temple of your body. I mean, this transition is the ultimate journey. What's he talking about? He says, according to the record in Genesis, he speaks to his family and says, God will surely deliver you. You guys be encouraged because Uh there's a promise waiting for you, too. The same promise that has sustained me in life is your promise, too. He's focused on others and helping them find their way into the promise of God. He is focused on God, and that faith in God's promise allows him to trump all of the other devil's mischief. In his life. I mean, it's an amazing story, JJ. And as we think about packing our own bags, we have to remember that Joseph is a part of our legacy too. And as I'm traveling through life, I need to pack his bones, as it were, Hmm. with me so that I can remember his faith and be like that. There are many other great figures of history that bear witness to the goodness of God. Never forget that legacy as you travel through. As you're going forward, know that others have been down this road too, and they've also come to great outcomes. By the same token, I must always remember where I'm going. Hmm. And as I'm packing my bags, I have to remember Joseph pointed the way that God has a promise for me and he has a promise for you. The scripture tells us that God has plans for each of us, and those plans are for life, for a future, and a hope. And the promise of God for us to be free from sin, the promise of God for each of us to find our way into a heaven that is so fantastic that no one has ever been able even to imagine or conceive what God has prepared for us, Mm. that the promise of God to take our burdens and lift them off and carry them for us, that the promise of God to breathe new life into us to cause us to even be born again with a fresh new page upon which to write. I mean, all of these are promises for us. And as we go through life, we must never forget God is walking ahead to fulfill his promise. And when we are desperate, when we realize that we're enslaved, that we're in a predicament from which there is no human escape, when that moment comes, know that just like for the Hebrews, we cry out to God and he will remember his promises to us and he will act. Wherever you are in the world today, whatever your journey, whatever your predicament, whatever your hope or lack thereof, just take a moment and pray with us. Cry out to God with us and know that he hears and that he never turns away from a humble soul that seeks his help. Our Father, we're so thankful today for the story of the Exodus, for the faithfulness of Moses and his people and the taking of Joseph's bones with them as they moved out of Egypt to the Promised Land. We're thankful for Joseph's testimony and how he knew, even when his life was passing from this world to the next, that you were active and at work and that you were sure and certain to do what you have said you will do. We thank you, Lord, for your good promises for us that you know every one of us by name and that it is your destiny, it is your purpose, it is your plan that we ourselves find life and life abundantly and that your plans for us are good and for us to be free. And we're thankful for Jesus Christ the Lord who is a part of your great unfolding plan to redeem us and to renew us and to reclaim us. It is in Jesus' name that we pray, Lord, and we cry out knowing that we are not able to save ourselves, and we cannot order all the things in this world to good outcomes, but we can trust you and obey you, that we can do much for the good now, and that you can do more with us as we are humbly waiting for you to deliver. Lord, receive us, forgive us our sin, make us new. For Jesus' sake, we pray, amen. Now, if you'd like to know more about how you can travel with God, how you can pack your bags and move forward into a better and brighter future, give us a call. Just dial this number, 1-800-757-VIEW. That's one 800 757 8439 24 hours a day, seven days a week. We're always by the phone, a live voice, ready, willing, anxious to speak with you.
1: You can also find us on the internet at cbhviewpoint.org. You can read there about the Viewpoint ministry, but you can also send us an email. Ask us a question, share your story, and we will reply.
0: Or at the last, just write me a letter. Address it to Jim Lyon, Viewpoint, Post Office Box 2420, Anderson, Indiana, 46018, USA. But by whatever method you choose, please, let us hear from you this week. JJ, wherever you go in life, I know you'll be able to design an accent to carry you forward. (laughs) Well, I'll see
1: what I can do. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for being with us today
0: on Viewpoint. We're so thankful that all of you joined us as well, and we hope you'll tune in again next week as we continue to journey in the exodus as we pack our bags for heaven's sake. For all of us at the Viewpoint team, this is Jim Lyon. God bless. Stay tuned.